0: Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. We have ignition. Strap in. Hi, I'm Suzanne Lynn from Z88.3 Afternoons with Suzanne and Shadow. Join my friends Mike, Fritz, and Trish on WGSR bringing hope comfort and encouragement to the world 24 hours a day
1: you're listening to the god stories radio podcast www.godstoriesradio.com this is a free download listen on your music player podcasting straight to your mp3 player And welcome to God Stories Radio. This is session one hundred and five. I'm Mike. I'm Fritz. And I'm Trish. Okay. So how is everybody doing this great Thursday?
2: Oh. Considering uh, the week I've had pretty good.
3: Oh, poor Fritz. Yes. Gonna, can I tell everybody? We thought we thought that Fritz had a stroke last week. And, uh,
2: so did Fritz thought that, too.
3: Praise God. It's actually, can I tell them what it is?
2: Yeah. If oh. you get in the mic, they could probably hear
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> he, as it turns out, he got shingles and he's got uh, Bell's palsy in his face. So his whole left side is, he's got paralysis. So if he sounds a little awkward that's what's going much on much to my this.
2: chagrin it is not an improvement
3: uh, it is not an improvement <laughs> but we are here and we are hoping it's temporary it that's should right. be temporary so that's the usually good news. it is
1: most of the time yeah so join us in prayer for that please
2: all the listeners out there Fritz needs prayers I really do I'm really hoping uh, the Lord will provide also financially because I haven't been able to work
3: yeah, he can't work. I can't he can't drive. Can't for
2: a drive. Couple more weeks. I can't drive,
3: so he can't close his eye. That no, would bother me about the mess. sleeping part. Yeah. Well,
2: I've been wearing a patch, but I took it off, so I didn't look freaky.
3: Oh, God bless you. A
2: little self-conscious.
1: Mm-hmm. I can tell that. But, but, but I'm yes, here. join us in prayer
2: for Fritz, please. Thank you.
3: Please do. I got some shout, likes. Outs. All right. some shout outs.
1: Yes, Facebook likes first.
3: Facebook likes first. I have VSV Mala Paceon and Shermaine Fajardo Valeras. Valeros, sorry. Stacy Cato Young.
1: Thank is, you for liking us on Facebook.
3: Oh, and friend of the show, Tom Batisio, he um, made a purchase for The Container Store, so we get some of the proceeds from that. Oh, thank
2: you very much. I know she's been really diligent about, you know, posting
3: stuff. Posting emails Mm -hmm. and stuff, yeah. And then the countries I had shout-outs for is Poland, Jamaica, and Botswana. Thanks for listening. All right. All the
1: way out there in those countries. Wow, Botswana. Fifty-three countries that we know of. And iHeartRadio, we have no clue how how many countries that are listening over and above those 53. But um, on iHeartRadio, too, if you're listening on iHeart, follow us on iHeart. That'd be great.
3: Yeah, if you follow us, when we have a new um, session upload, you'll get a notification. So you'll never miss an episode again.
2: Nope. Don't go home without Mikey. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: all right. it's like having that cup of joe in the morning you just can't do without it <laughs> <laughs> all right so Singles didn't
3: do anything for a sense of humor no, that's a good
1: thing he had texted and says well, I'll have to be quiet I says, well that's going to be
2: pretty tough <laughs> hmm. that'd be a first right
3: we have a special guest tonight and I want to thank him for deciding at oh I don't know 4 o'clock today that we were going to do this I really appreciate it
4: Ain't no problem
3: <laughs> um, without further ado, I will, well, well, oh, should I give you the background? We'll give him a little, a little bit. background. Get a little bit. Um, I got a call a couple weeks ago from a guy and he said, um, is this God Stories Radio? I want to come and give my testimony. And I said, well, yes, who's this? And he said, well, I got this, this card from this really tall guy. So <laughs> I knew that was Fritz. Fritz is 6'7". That narrowed it down, didn't it? (laughs) That pretty (laughs) much narrowed it down. So he says, yeah, I I met this guy at uh, the mechanic shop with Isaac over at uh, Good Hands Auto over here in Claremont. And so he said he had a testimony that he would come and share with us. So without further ado. Well, uh,
1: there's also, I think, you know, let's put uh, some God stuff in here. Didn't he? Uh, Were you supposed to get together and nothing happened for a few
3: weeks? Yeah, nothing happened for a few weeks. Um, he said, "I can I do tonight?" And I said, "Oh well, we already have somebody scheduled for tonight." Um, but he, he took. And he said, "He said, well, let me call you back." And then I didn't hear from him okay. for for a couple weeks. Right. And then this morning I was sitting in. Uh, Was sitting in the bathroom. (laughs) Okay. And I was praying.
4: (laughs) Sitting on her throne. There you go.
3: And I said, God, what is going on with God Stories Radio? I mean, if you want us to do this, send some testimonies forward. Right. And God said, We'll call that guy James Allen. I said, All righty then. And what did he do that today? So I called him up and I said, Hey, this is Trisha from God Stories Radio. And he goes, Hey, I was waiting for you to call. He said, I was going to call you today. I brought your card with me to work. That's right. (laughs) So (laughs) So the timing was perfect. That's
1: right. (laughs) So go for it.
3: So, without further ado, (laughs) this is James Allen. So, James, tell us a little bit about your story. Welcome to the show, James. James. Thank you.
4: All right. Thank you. Um, Well, to begin with, um, like, uh, let's see, I grew up in Tampa. Uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was a kid in Orlando, so we, uh, my mom moved to Tampa. I grew up in Tampa. Um, I was pretty much raised in a family where the kids would go to Sunday school, but the parents didn't go. So, you know, and my mom was the same thing. Her parents sent them to Sunday school, and but the parents didn't go. So I had a little understanding of God growing up, but, um, you know, not a, a great deal. Um, As I started getting older, um, needless to say, we started getting a little wild and things got a little carried. So I started getting involved in drugs and this and that. And um, into my early 20s, things just totally got out of control in my early 20s. And the drugs got out of control. The fast lifestyle got out of control. And so things just started. I don't know. It's just I lost grip with reality, I guess I could say, is. And I was just, I don't know, maybe I was, I was thinking about it earlier today. It was like, maybe I was trying to commit suicide by drug overdose, Mm. so to speak, you know, not that I was actually overdosing, but I had given up any desire I had to live. All I was doing was trying to just get high and
3: live in that reckless.
4: Yeah, just, and do drugs and was out of control and, and Um, To without saying, I mean, if you're going to live that lifestyle, I mean, drugs cost money. So, you know, and most drug addicts aren't working. So, I mean, obviously I was getting it from illegal means. Um, And so not to add any glory to that, it all spiraled out of control to the point that it was either I was I was going to succeed in my mission and die or. And actually what happened was God interceded at that point, and I was arrested. So I ended up going to jail. Um, And at the time of my arrest, I was so out of control mentally. I mean, I was gone. I remember picking up a Bible in the county jail and, and just reading and reading and praying and praying. Because at that point, I had lost touch with what reality really was. I mean, I was completely um, out, out there. And so through prayer and reading of the Bible, I actually came to a point of actually back down to earth, so to speak. Um, and so we proceeded through all our trials and all our court dates. Um, and I ended up getting sentenced to 30 years in prison. Ooh, wow. So
3: that's a wake uh, up call. (laughs) uh, uh,
4: Yes. And needless (laughs) to say, I must admit that was, that was a shocker. You know, I mean, you you never believe it until it actually happens, because even through the whole time in the county jail, I'm thinking, oh, it's not this bad. It's not as bad as they're saying it is.
3: Maybe I'll but, get five years right,
4: or, or whatever. But when the judge gave me 30 years, it was like my knees about buckled, I assure sure. you. Um, so I ended up I got sent to prison. Um and as, as it was back in, that was in 1991. And so I went through Lake Butler, um, and then one cold, rainy morning, they woke me up at Lake Butler and said, Hey, you're shipping out. And I still remember, and it was funny cause I'm a member of Root motorcycle ministry now, uh, since my release, I've been to a couple of prisons where we take our motorcycles in, we speak to the prisoners and just last month, we spoke at Union Correctional Work Camp. And the reason I bring this up is because the first institution I was sent to back in 1991 when I began my sentence was Union Correctional Main Unit. And and I was telling the guys a couple weeks back when I was up at uh, the work camp that I still remember to this day, the day I pulled up at Union Correctional Institution, It was a cold, rainy, dreary, overcast day. And for those, just to give you all some idea, Union Correctional is one of the oldest prisons in the state of Florida. Oh. Um, It is actually where the electric chair used to sit originally. Um, It's now moved over to FSP, but death row itself is still on Union's compound Though mm. the people that own the land made them move the chair actually to over to the other prison, <laughs> they wouldn't let them use it on their property anymore. And that was a condition of the lease for DOC to have that. So anyway, I still remember that day I pulled up. We're on a big bus. We're all chained up. Everybody. And Do you
3: know that it's this the oldest Prison no,
4: not not at the time. I, all I can do like is look. welcome
3: to hell, right? Exactly.
4: <laughs> That's about what it comes down to. They would they unload us off this bus, and it's a big old like a school bus, but it's a prison bus. They call them bluebirds, and so they um, lo- they we all come off the back of. Everybody has waist chains on with handcuffs to your waist chain and leg irons on, and we're all coming off the bus, and we're all like. And I'm looking around me, and it's dreary and rainy and overcast. And I'm like, God, where have you sent me? And at the time, I was 25 years old Mm. Um, (laughs) in the beginning of my sentence. Well, needless to say, life spiraled even further downhill at that point. I mean, now, granted, during that time in the county jail, reading the Bible, I was able to get back to some semblance of, normal thinking or back to reality a little bit. And so, but once I got to UCI and actually it's called, we call it Rayford. So it's a, That's where the song, The Gray Walls of Rayford, are closing in on me. That's the prison they were singing about. Oh, that is the real Rayford. That is I've heard...
3: Now, a Rayford I've heard of. That is the real
4: Rayford. It's actual legal name is Union Correctional Institution, but it's in... It's Rayford. It's in Rayford County, I think. That's where it's located. Okay. The Gray Walls of Rayford, so... Well, anyway, so I got there and started living life. And let me assure you, life at Rayford is, you know, was not a beautiful place. You know, I mean, um, not to actually I don't like glorifying anything or talking about so much what goes on in prisons. But uh, I remember they lined us up and they walked us all down the road and they took us into the laundry. The Laundry was a big area, washing machines everywhere. And they lined us up on a table and everybody had to strip down to your underwear And at this point they're going to issue you your uniforms because the uniforms you had on were from the receiving center and they're going to take those back. They're going to issue you new uniforms and these are going to be your uniforms. So everybody had to strip down to their boxers and they're all standing there and you got all these guys. And it's almost like in the movies when you see where the guys are catcalling and whistling and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that was really happening. And that was really happening. And we're all standing there, you know, and, and there was guys that were shaking and trembling and nervous, and I'm just sitting there and and I'm I just laughed, you know I laughed and I had in this and this big black guy that was standing behind you're thinking
3: the, this cannot be happening. Oh that no, was th-
4: yeah, and this there was this big black guy behind the table and he looks over at me and he's like, white boy, you find this to be funny? And I'm like, yeah, it's hilarious. It's hilarious because it's it's just all a game. I mean, it's it's trying to prey on you and you know and so. But I'm just looking at it and I'm going, I can't believe where I've been sent. So um, and so I settled in, you know, I moved in, I got a dorm, I started meeting people, you know, I had my Bible, you know, and for the most part, I would read it and and at nights I would if I didn't get high that day or if I, you know, because the cycle just continued once I got Mm -hmm. settled in at Rayford, the cycle continued. Oh, you can still
3: get high in there. Oh, there
4: was all the drugs you needed were right there. And so, so I continued to, to do what I've been doing. And so, you know, and I would pray at night unless, you know, I got drunk that day and I passed out early or something. And so I would go through the motions, but, you know, as the scripture says, it was just resounding brass. It was not, you know, I I wasn't doing right. God's, you know, He I mean He hears everything, so we know He heard my prayers, but He wasn't listening to my prayers because I wasn't. They were they were just full of it. You know, I was just going through some motions, and I continued to use the drugs and to do the partying, and everything continued on and on, just the same. So I was at Rayford for almost five years, and once again. I think I had I think I had reached the bottom, you know. I mean, I had the, everything had completely fell falling out, and I mean, I was at the the bottom of life. I used to lay in bed at night, you know, wonder why do I want to continue on like this? You know, do I make them shoot me off the fence? You know, do I take my own life? You know, it's you know, what do you do? I mean, this is not this is not worth living. This is you know, and so I mean, it got to the point where. I don't I didn't I didn't know if, if life would continue much longer from that point. And so uh, circumstances um, evolved and things happened and occurred and I ended up getting transferred. I ended up getting did transferred. Did you
3: put in for that or did it just no, wake up it, one day? No,
4: it was actually an accumulation of a lot of evil, dirty, nasty chain gang stuff going on. And because all these things accumulated like a boil and busted you know things it happen it was like
3: him he's got the move well no
4: was, yeah well it's okay you're you're locked up okay well you're transferring and you know may, others may have been transferred and so but it, the wildest part about it was i got transferred and not knowing where i was going to go or what was going to happen i all of a sudden end up at avon park correctional institution Um, And Avon Park Correctional Institution is probably the strongest, most powerful Christian prison in the state of Florida. Mm. and, And now over the years, they've brought in faith based programs and character based programs, and they've sort of spread them out. But back in the mid 90s, Avon Park was the only that was the like Christian stronghold. Of prisons, I mean. Did you it,
3: know that before no, you went I there?
4: Didn't have a clue. Knew nothing about it. Um, wrote came up on the bus to Avon Park. Yeah, but father knew about it. Yeah, God knew about and it. And I There's said, no, I asked
3: him, "Did you put in for a transfer? Like it's uh, the military, and you yeah, could just yeah. put in well, for a transfer?" Well,
4: you can in prison. You can put in for transfer. Oh, okay. But you know, you have to earn them. And I wasn't earning anything. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> a, a quick trip to Boot Hill was the only thing I was earning. Um, and so I got to Avon park, you know, and it, and, and it's funny cause how these things work out. Cause I got shared with Mike earlier, I'm coming up on 30 years old at this point, which I'll explain more later in the conversation, but I was coming up on 30 years old at that point. So I get to Avon park and I walk on the compound at Avon park and it was like, I couldn't believe it. I walked on the compound. There was trees <laughs> There was, you see squirrels. I mean, there's none of this at Rayford, really. Um, But you could feel God's presence Mm. is probably the most amazing thing. You could, I could actually feel.
3: saw and felt the lightness.
4: Yeah, I could actually feel a presence when I came on the compound. And. And so I was like, I went from from hell to heaven in the prison system at that point, and I was like, <laughs> wow. I mean, and it was even crazy because I even had marijuana stashed in my stereo that came with me, and all, and I mean, I still had all the little uh, tools and tricks of the convict life, and I got there, and it was like, within weeks. I was getting rid of all this stuff. I mean, just getting, chiseling rid-, just, away just, it just getting rid of it, getting rid of everything. I mean, um, it wasn't, it wasn't a couple weeks later and I quit. Not only did I get rid of all the marijuana and just get rid of it, I even quit smoking cigarettes at the wow. time. So, I mean, it was so, I mean, and so, you know, God just started working. I met a guy named Chris Lynn, who's also a member of root ministry. Who's also a friend of Isaac's. And, um, We became good friends, and he became my spiritual big brother. So he's the one that started, you know, teaching me, you know, how to read the Bible, how to pray, you know, because at that point, though, I had prayed, I had never prayed with anybody. Your
3: experience at that point had only been as a child going to the the Sunday school, exactly, and nothing as an adult, really.
4: No, nothing as an adult. The little bit of time in the county jail where I think God just used the scripture and me reading the scripture, knowing that I wasn't there yet to help bring me back to reality. Because I assure you in the County jail, I needed the scriptures to bring me, even if I didn't understand what I was reading or what, I, what I was getting, it was healing me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And cause I, and it's I the word, yeah, you know? it was just the word, you know, it was just healing me. So anyway, so I met Chris Lynn and, you know, and just started, studying and started going to church and doing things and and so and then it just the fire took off. I mean the fire took off. I just couldn't get enough studying. I couldn't get enough like I said, I I I quit smoking cigarettes as well as everything else. You know, I just started I was into exercise fitness and um, joined REMA, went to REMA Bible, enrolled in REMA Bible College. What's REMA? REMA is a word of faith. It's um, like Kenneth Hagen Ministries. And so they actually have a Bible college that they offer. What? Off- they, At yeah. prison? prison? Um, well, yeah. And they now charge, but back then you could get it for free. You know, if you were a prisoner, you could take it for free. I think it was,
2: it's actually pronounced REMA.
4: And it's REMA a, Bible yeah, it's a three-year course. Yeah. So anyway, I started studying and, and just, and digging and, you know, and, and now I go to the point where, like I mentioned earlier, I was, I've turned 30 years old at this point. And it was years later that this dawned on me, but years later when I look back on it, because during the years I was at Avon Park and I was at Avon Park for almost five years also. And during those years that I was at Avon Park, I even wrote a little booklet called Biblical Truths and had it printed in the education department. Um, I mean, I really deep study word studies um, and I'm I'm very analytical. I can't accept everything at face value. Mm-hmm. I have to dig in everything. I can't just read the Bible and say... Okay, this is good. I accept this. No, I had to. I read, read Josephus' Bible. Yeah, I had to. I read all type of historical writings that were writings of historians of the time, not even dealing with Jesus or Christianity, but because that was of that time and that was such an important thing going on at that time. There's there's cross references and right. there's footnotes and there's different things that and. And so I had to dig and I just dug and dug and dug and, you know, studied to show thyself approved. But the significance that I come to learn years later was at thirty years old in in the in the Jewish history or back in those days, that's when you began you can enter the priesthood was at thirty years old. You couldn't you had you couldn't do anything until you was thirty years old. Mm-hmm. Jesus' ministry began when he was, was 30. thirty years old. Right. So And so, you know, and it was years later that so God's divine timing, you know, God
3: was building you up and preparing you for your 30 year.
4: Exactly. I'm thinking that, you know, hey, look, oh, man, you know, I was at the bottom of life and here and I've got transferred. And I'm thinking it's based on where I was at in life and that my substance abuse and that, you know, I didn't know how much longer I would survive in prison with the, the way I was living. And it wasn't. It was guys, oh, what? You're 30 now. It's time to go ahead and, and bring you in. You know, it's time for you to go ahead and as an adult and accept your your position in life. So needless to say, I diligently studied. And, um, and it's so funny because, you know, like when I was speaking with the guys, you know, just a few weeks back at Union, you know, I was telling them, I'm like, you know, I would like to sit up here and tell you that. My 21, oh, by the way, just I haven't got on the 30 year sentence. I ended up doing 21 and a half years wow. in prison. Um, I've now been out of prison for three years. Um, and so, and like I told the guys a couple of weeks back, I was like, you know, I would like to sit up here and tell you that, you know, prison's rough, that, you know, it's hard. It was tough, you know, and I, I struggled and I survived and I got through it. But that's a lie. And the truth is that. At 30 years old, when I gave my life to Christ and committed to him, I became free in a way that mm-hmm. prison gates have nothing to do with. So I spent the remain the, the following 16 and a half years with prison not bothering me in the least. I mean, there, I'm serious. It was not it, the only time that I would have any issues is, you know, when family members would tell me about nieces or nephews and. As they're growing up, well, they did this and this one's playing running back for the high school football team. And, and every now and then I would sit back and I would be like, oh, man, that sure would be nice to be there, you know. But that would pass and it, mm-hmm. and it would pass pretty quickly. And the point was, is life was good. You know, I was living.
3: I keep hearing I am free. I am I'm free, free indeed. Yeah, I am free.
4: Exactly. And is and. I used to have people, I'd have inmates, correctional officers, they used to ask me all the time, Jimmy, why are you, why are you always smiling? Well, why would I not be smiling? You know, I'm alive. I'm healthy. You're smiling you know. and
3: you're laughing. Yeah. Do you know where you are. Right, exactly.
4: <laughs> right. I mean, listen, I got a bed. I got a locker. I got a roof over my head. I, get, I, I eat Jesus. every day. Yeah. I mean, life is good. You know, and it's like I told the guy, I said, we all have to live somewhere. You know, most of the time when we're in society, we pick where we want to live. I didn't get to pick where I wanted to live, but I'm still living, you know, and, and, and when God fills you, you're filled, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. and the fences meant nothing. So, you know, it's the last 16 and a half years was, it was simple. So, um, that same Chris Lynn that I met at Avon Park in 1996, that was my spiritual big brother. Um, he left Avon Park in the end of '96 and went back out into society and we stayed in touch for the next 16 years. Wow. Um, after five years, he was able to start coming and visit me and periodically, mm-hmm. you know, a couple times a year he'd drop in and we'd visit, you know, and so we stayed in touch. And so when I came out of prison, um, his brother owned an apartment building, believe it or not. And so I yeah. ended up getting, a, Oh,
1: uh, I believe it. God kind of works those things out. Uh, with
3: uh, yeah. Little, little details. details yeah, right. Yep. And
4: so they had, I had this adorable apartment apartment right on Lake Eustace in downtown Eustace up on the second floor, looking out at mm-hmm. the lake. And I mean, it was beautiful. I mean, it couldn't have been perfect, more perfect than it was. So I got out, went to work. He got me a job with the company he worked at and, you know, and, and, Though God, you know, lays the the path out, it's not always, you know. What you want. Exactly perfect. Um, I go to work with this company, and um, my first week on the job, um, the operations manager came up and demoted me and took $2 an hour from me just to let me know that he was the man because, see, he, he he didn't hire me. Uh huh. My brother Chris had went through the owner of the company and got me hired, and the operations manager I was mad. Being, there, right, you know, he was mad because he didn't hire me, and you know it's hard for for a man to get in your face and tell you, look, no, you're not a painter, you're a laborer, and I'm taking two dollars an hour from you. Don't touch a paintbrush, just go in there and clean the rooms, you know. And I had to take that. and I've, I mean, I've been there, right? And so I'm sitting there and. But then once again, prison had blessed me with that because I had dealt with correctional officers for 21 years. Right. So when this guy was in my face, I was able, though I was mad, I was able to deal with it. Right. Well, needless to say, a couple weeks later, the owner of the company gave me back my $2 (laughs) an hour.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it was still a a little lesson in humility.
4: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, just having to control things, knowing that, hey, look... You know, I may guide your past and I'm I may bless you. It's not always you're dealing with the world. So there's gonna be mm-hmm. there's gonna be rocky roads. And um but needless to say, since that point with the company, I've went from he demoted me back to labor. <laughs> Two months later I was a superintendent doing a hotel <laughs> renovation, a hundred and forty five room hotel renovation in Brandon, Florida. Solely by myself, the on-site supervisor, completely running the entire renovation. Um, and then from there, I've been sent to Minneapolis to Greco to learn how to work on Greco machines. Mm-hmm. I've been sent to Iowa to learn how to work on Mighty M pressure washers for the same company. For the same company. Who I is was, that
1: supervisor? Uh,
4: he's now the operations director. So. Oh, but here, but here, let's 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 clarify it. So then I went on was sent to safety school. I'm actually now I'm an OSHA 500 trainer. I teach 10 and 30 hour OSHA classes. Hmm. I'm Graco certified to work on Graco spray rigs. I'm Mighty M certified to work on their pumps, on their pressure washers. Um, I run the warehouse. I got
3: an OSHA question for you later when we're done. (laughs)
4: Okay. And I'll answer it for you. And here's, and so life is beautiful. I mean, I got a beautiful wife, um, Matter of fact, our daughter just let us know that she was pregnant. What? And so, you know, her and her husband are.
3: You're going to be here for that.
4: Yeah, I'm going to be a grandfather. And so. All right. And, um, you know, and so life is good. And But then this same guy, this same operations direct manager is now the operations director. And just last, not last Friday, the Friday before last, he fired me. Oh. So, yes. And then so. You know, but then you look back and you go, well, wow, what am I going to do? You know, and then you think about, wait a minute. You know what kind of training I've got over the last three years at this company? I mean, I've been.
3: God gave this to me and you cannot take it away.
4: Right, exactly. Well, and the whole thing is he used that as a training ground to give me this because I can't see him wanting me to stay because too many Inappropriate things were going on because this particular guy uses illegal labor, you know, and mm-hmm. and I so know I know father close the doors right. I know it's a whole gray area on how that plays out, but yeah, he and see, and my wife worked for the company too. I mean, both of neither one of us worked for the company now. So oh, wow. And, you know, it's just strange how things work out because we had actually believed that we would be with this company forever. The owner of the company is the head of missions for Calvary Assembly, you know. Okay. And my wife has known him for years and years and years. And, you know, and anytime she seen something inappropriate, she would point it out. Hey, look, this is not right. This is not right. And blind as we were, she thought she was protecting him. And all along, he knew about the inappropriate things going on. And it just made him mad to the point where he finally's like, and so like all this, now
3: you know that I know, right. And well, I'm it, still doing it. Right? right.
4: And so at this point, I don't want y'all here no more because y'all are like whistleblowers. Well, you're my conscience. You, you right. constantly make me acknowledge my right. transgressions, you know, and it's just so, but at one point I was like, you know, God is, I'm working for this company. I'm going to be here forever. This is where I'm going to retire, you know? But that's not it. It's, life is about learning and growing, and, mm-hmm. and God will move you, and he will shake you up. Well, you'll get and, comfortable. Exactly. And my my brother, Chris Lynn, also worked for the company, because I told you he's the one that got me hired originally. Right. He got, he, the operations director got rid of him months ago, and he now got a job um, with another company, and he's doing um, timeshares out in Texas right now. He'll be back in a couple months. And he's making more than operations director. So, I mean, he not only got blessed, but he got blessed above and beyond. And so the point I'm making with this is because I'm not trying to put anything down on this company or anything. But the point is, is we get comfortable and we think, well, this is where God wants us to be. Well, it may not be where God wants you to take a tidbit of this with you. And then move on oh, somewhere else.
1: But it's the point where you do get comfortable and then the move happens.
4: Oh, exactly. And then, so then you sit back and you go, like in my situation, I've been out three years. Now I've got a lot of schooling in three years, I've right. con- but I don't have any history. I put an application over at a job not too long ago. And when I went in for the interview, the guy's like, I expected you to be younger.
3: Uh. Because there's no real history. Because you only right. have like right. I mean, yeah, there's no history. It's got sixteen year <laughs> blank period there. <laughs> right.
4: There's three years on this resume. You know. He's like, I expected you to be younger, um, though. But I, I still almost got the job. The whole. But that's not. And I have different things
3: going on. But the thing is... I didn't even think of that as a challenge, but of mm, course that would be a challenge. Oh, absolutely. You be, can't, unless you're going to lie and say, well, I worked for myself No, or, see, you can't do you don't want to lie.
4: And you don't really want to go in the beginning and throw up, well, I've been in prison for 21 and a half years. <laughs> right. I mean... Uh, Can I
3: still have a job?
4: Right. It's fine <laughs> once, once they get to know you or you interact with them a little bit, maybe right. in a face-to-face interview. Right. Then you could touch that point, but... In the blind, just you throw Wouldn't that you? out there. It just well, but then once again, I mean, it's if God wants to do it, nobody's going to stop. He's gonna it, move right, absolutely. Right? But my thing is, my thing is, is just sitting back, trusting God. It's like I told you earlier, Trisha, is that you know I'm a hands-on guy. When I decide I want to go in a direction, I go full force to get it done. You know, and. God doesn't always want that. He he want he's going to do it. You right.
1: need to just. He wants you uh, to depend on Him.
4: To be to to rest to stand fast. You know, ha, the, it's the whole thing with putting on the whole armor and doing everything. And the bottom line is, having done all, stand. Mm-hmm. After you've done everything, after you suit it completely up, stand got your sword, firm. stand. Just stand and let God do the rest. You just stand; He'll take care of it. And so you know it, it's it's a constant learning it's a constant growing you know I, I'm still ecstatic every day I'm still happy every day I have a a, a blessed life life is beautiful um, Saturday we're going to Marion Correctional institution so' we'll, and I believe we got if I remember correctly we got about 25 motorcycles well, mm. going in Saturday at, at Marion I think Marion is like the biggest gathering of the year for our group. Everybody wants to go to Mary and maybe a centrally located. I don't really um. know, but you know, it's, I seen the list and I remember. Just
3: don't we, commit crimes to go.
4: No, nah, nah, you yeah. don't want to commit crimes to go, but it's, it's truly a blessing to go in there and tell them about Jesus and say, look mm-hmm. guys, I've been where you're at. And not only have I been where you're at, I've been there for 21 years. You know, I like they're more God. apt to
1: listen to somebody like that.
4: Well, they did. matter of fact, after at Union, we were up at Union Work Camp just a few weeks back, and after that, one of the guys, one of the older guys that have been doing it for a while, he comes up to me. He says, "I had four or five different guys that came up to the information booth, getting little books and tracks, and they said just the simple fact that you were there gave them hope. Mm-hmm. You know, and I hadn't, and I don't even know if I spoke to these guys or anything. I mean, just the simple fact that." You know, you're
3: out. You look like you're doing good, and yeah, well, you and came I'm not. Back and, and I'm
4: not just a guy that wants to tell you about Jesus. I'm a guy that's been where you're at, who Jesus has moved tremendously in my life, and I want to tell you about Jesus.
3: I love how so, he took you and he built you up for yeah. that five years in in Avon Park. Oh yeah, and then basically sent you back out to minister. Yeah,
4: <laughs> it was definitely a walk in the park. And you know, so Avon Park, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, life is good. It's a matter of fact, the day I got fired, I'm driving home from work. I'm talking to my older brother, and he's like, Well, listen, I'm renovating the ocean walk in Daytona. He says, Come over and work for me for the next two months until you find something else. I was wondering
3: because I'm thinking, Well, wait a minute though, because you called me. We talked when you were at work today for a minute, and you said you were going to call me when you got out of work. So, You must be working. (laughs) Yes,
4: I am working. I I didn't get any time off really. I think I I made myself take a week off. (laughs) I didn't get you know, just so I could like enjoy it for a second. And then I was I'm overworking for my brother at Ocean Walk. So uh they're remodeling and that's a pretty big hotel. So
1: just keep your eyes and ears open.
4: Oh absolutely I've got resumes and I'm not really concerned with it. You know, my wife, you know, we talk because, like I said, they both of us got fired. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and it can be scary. You it's know, very. Yes, my can. husband and just
3: got laid off well, two weeks ago. He just started a new job this past Monday. But with the pulse shooting and everything that happened. Right. Tourism went down and he was in timeshare. Oh, yeah. And between that and the kid with the gator and the Zika virus, I mean, (laughs) people were just not exactly dying to come to Orlando. So his sales went down. He got laid off, but he got a new job starting last week. too. Excellent.
4: Excellent. And so, you know, and it's like I told my wife, I said, um, we just celebrated my mother's 70th birthday (gasps) Saturday. And I was talking to a couple people and I told them, I said, you know, I'm scared to death. I really am. I mean, I've, I've came right out of prison on a, I got out on a Thursday and went to work on Monday. So I haven't been without a job. So this, wow. this will be a first, but I'm, I trust God. God will mm-hmm. provide. I mean, so I'm not, you know, though fear wants to try to rise up. The truth is simple. God is in control. God will provide. Mm-hmm. God's got so, big
3: plans for you, right. too. Right. So,
4: you know, I'm going to listen to the word of truth. I'm not going to worry go. about the rest of it. So,
1: well, there it is. Nice testimony there.
3: Jesus certified. Speak up, Fritz. We can still hear you and understand you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make me talk, aren't you? Yeah. You're cruel. Yeah. Aww. Uh, You know, it's hard for me not to talk. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the cruel
4: part, you not being able to talk.
2: Yeah, normally never get a chance to sit back and just listen. So. uh, Well, what do you think about that testimony, Trish? Awesome.
3: Very good. Very good. Did not disappoint. Nope.
1: Not at all. And I'm sure there's someones out there that uh, needed to hear that for some uh, comfort and encouragement and hope.
3: And faith. I mean, the faith he's got moving forward is pretty awesome, too.
2: Amen. All right. That was session 105. Amen. How can I get in touch with us, Trish?
3: Oh, send us an email at GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. And, you know, another thing I was thinking, the end of the year is coming, and we are a 501... C3? Yes. So if you want to make a donation before the end of the year.
1: Absolutely. We need to uh, pay the, the tax man.
3: Yes, it's a coming. The tax bill is coming. So feel free. We have PayPal on our website at GodStoriesRadio.com. And you can tweet us. We
1: can be tweeted.
3: <laughs> at GodStoriesRadio. And then like us on Facebook, which is also GodStoriesRadio.
1: All right thank you James thank you James all right. thank you guys you blessed me big time uh, yes sir coming all the way over from Daytona
3: yeah he's like I don't know I think I'll be there by 7 and we were like mm, okay we're just gonna when he shows up we're going people
2: that live around the corner don't come I know huh?
3: <laughs> I know he, and he came all the way from, Daytona. from Daytona yeah God bless you
2: alright
1: amen amen well, that about wraps it up that wraps up session 105 I'm Mike. I'm Fritz. And I'm Trish. God bless. God bless.
5: Oh, what I would do to have the kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat of men. Under the crashing waves. To step out of my comfort zone. Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is. And he's holding out his hand. But the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed The waves they keep on telling me time and time again Boy, you never win You never win
0: But the voice of truth story. The voice of truth says do not be afraid. And the voice of truth
5: Strength it takes to stand before a giant With just a sling and a stone Surrounded by the sound of a thousand warriors Shaking in their armor Wishing they'd have had the strength to stand But the giants call out my name And they laughs at me Reminding me of all the times Tried before and failed The giant keeps on telling me Time and time again Boy, you'll never win
0: You'll never win But the voice of truth And the voice of truth Says this is for my glory Out of all the voices